do you crave daily motivation and want valuable tips for dealing with the stress of type 1 diabetes? Sign up for our daily email and start your day with a practical type 1 diabetes and mental health tip delivered straight to your inbox. It's like a personal boost for your day, from me to you. And best of all, it's absolutely free. Don't wait. Go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip and subscribe today because every day with type 1 diabetes deserves a healthy start. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip. What is your reaction when someone calls type 1 diabetes a disability? Or what happens if you're applying for a job or filling out a form and someone asks you if you have a disability? How do you answer? And more importantly, how does it make you feel? Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast, brought to you by the Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast where we teach you how to build your type 1 diabetes stress management plan like a sailboat. You are the captain, your diabetes management is the hull, your mindset is the sails, your behavior is the rudder, and your support team is the crew. When you build your sailboat correctly, you will have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and on this episode of the podcast, I coach Andrea. Andrea is applying for new jobs right now, and one of the questions on the application is, do you have a disability? And while she knows she can ignore the question, Andrea wonders how to answer. On this episode, I talk to Andrea not only about how to answer this question, but also how to deal with her reaction to the question itself, which seems to be the bigger issue. If you've ever had an emotional reaction when someone asks you if type 1 diabetes is a disability, or you wonder if type 1 diabetes is a disability, this episode will get you thinking. Andrea, excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. So why don't you introduce yourself to the my listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself and most importantly about your life with type 1 diabetes. Sure, not a problem. Um, I myself had had diabetes since I was five years old. Um, so it's been alone 28 years now. Um, myself, I'm a type one, um, I'm a diabetes support coach. Um, and one of the things that have been very, very important to me is, um, to understand that diabetes doesn't identify you. Uh, doesn't make uh, your persona, doesn't um, limit you on how much you can be in life or how little you can be in life. Um, my parents were very much, um, you know, they, since little, they always told me, you can be whatever you want to be. Diabetes is not going to limit you to that, um, that goal that you might have. It's great. Such a great mindset. And I think that so, I think we're talking the same language here because what you're talking about, what you do in your work, it's the exact same thing that I do in my work is helping people to see that diabetes is challenging. However, it doesn't have to get in your way. And, uh, that, that it's such, such, it, that, that mindset is such an important one to have in order to help people to be free and flexible and to have that peace of mind that they're really looking for. Before we dive into, the challenge you want to talk about today. I want to hear a little bit about what your experience was like and what it means to be a diabetes 
my, a, a diabetes coach and, and uh, tell, tell us a little bit about, about the type of work that you do, the types of patients that you help and what you help them with. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it has been the most fun job I have ever had. Um, and here's the reason why you get to talk to people and you get to connect with people in a different level. Um, you know, the understanding that I had had with, uh, patients that I had worked with before is, uh, it's a connection. It's a bond that you have with them. It's an understanding, um, of, you know, like they know, um, what you're dealing with and you know what they're dealing with. Um, you know, as a coach, um, I myself, um, you know, have enjoyed doing it. Um, truly, truly enjoyed it. Um, what was your next question, Mark? I'm sorry. Yeah. So what sorts of things did you help you, people come to you and they say, I need some help with something or do you, do the people come to you with the challenge they're having and you coach them through it? Or do you, or people come to you say, I'm having trouble dealing with diabetes and I'm curious kind of what sorts of people come to you and then how do you help them as a diabetes coach? Okay. So for that, from as a coach, what I do is pretty much guide them, you know, right. uh, find the resources that um, they actually, the resources that actually are at their reach. Um, you know, I was working with uh, underdeserved communities, and for me, it was very um, the work that I did was very, very, very impacting in a way. Um, because you know, sometimes I would deal with patients that they might not even know that they actually have benefits to their insurance. Um, you know, that they could actually get, um, you know, maybe an in- insulin pump or a continuous glucose monitor. So pretty much as a coach was uh, being um, a guide, pretty much a guide and understanding, you know, whatever they were going through. Like if they needed, they wanted to learn more about, you know, uh, diabetes technology or diet or somebody to speak with, like somebody to, you know, talk about diabetes and the frustrating side of it. Um, And that's one of the main reasons, Mark, why I love what you do um, is because psychology is a big part of it. Um, and you see, like, as a coach, I noticed that um, how important it is to listen to exactly what the patient is saying, uh, to understand what they're actually saying between words. Um, so that way you can actually get them the resource that they actually need or the support that they actually need. Um, you know, uh, to be patient with them, not all patients like will be open, but, but overall as a coach, um, you know, I can take probably the whole time here to talk about it. It's, it's been a fun thing for me and I truly, truly enjoy it. Um, and it's a blessing to be able to help people, uh, deal with something I've been dealing with since I was five years old. Yeah. I love what you say, the way you describe it as being a guide. Because you you didn't call yourself an expert, you didn't call yourself you know the somebody who knows it all because none of us do. But to, you, but you are maybe one or two steps ahead of where the people that you're helping are right now. And having had that experience of being one step ahead or two steps ahead, you can guide them and help them along that path to get to where you are now and to where you where they want to be. That's that's amazing. And thank you for the work that you do. So thank I know you. that right. I know that right now you are in the process of looking for a new job. 
And that has brought it, I, and, and I'm coaching you on that right now, not finding a new job. I'm not an expert in that by any means. But in terms of how, how do you approach diabetes and looking for a new job? So why don't you talk, talk to me a little bit about the challenge or the question that you have that you want coaching on around how diabetes and disclosing diabetes and thinking about diabetes as a disability plays into your job search and the, and the thought process you have there. Yeah, so for me, I have had run into the question of, do you have a disability? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you always have the option to, um, one of the answers, I'm sorry, one of the answers is actually diabetes. You have the option to say, I decline to answer this. But it came to my mind, um, you know, it came to my mind to, to think of all the patients I have worked with. Where to me, you know, it was very important to explain to them, listen, diabetes doesn't identify you. It doesn't identify who you are. It doesn't, it's not going to determine how much or how little you're going to be able to do. Uh, the number that you have of your blood glucose, it doesn't say what persona you are. It might change your uh, sense of humor that, I mean, or your mood in that way, but you know. <laughs> It's just part of it, but it doesn't identify who you are, um, you know, as a person. Um, and to me, that was very important because that was a key thing for every patient I've worked with that they needed to hear that. They needed to know that, um, you know, and they needed to know that they were not alone as well. But getting back to, you know, how to deal with it, I myself uh, found it a little I don't know. It was, it was like things like, I don't have a disability, but you know, diabetes, it is considered a disability and you have advantages or I will say, well, I will call it, you know, Mark, what I call it is the D card. The D card is the <laughs> diabetes card that you can use if you absolutely need it. <laughs> so if you yeah. have to claim to have a disability, yes, there's things that are there to protect you. But to me, how to maneuver that is to, um, you know, see it just as a D card, but not let it put me in a set of mind of me believing that it's a limitation, that I'm disabled, that I have a disability, uh, you know, that the work industry thinks that I need to answer this because uh, I might have, you know, it, it is to protect the patients too. It's, protect, it's to protect everybody. But it might put you in a set of mind that not many people are willing to disclose that they have diabetes. Uh, you know, if you're young, if you're a teenager, um, you might not want to tell your friends that you have diabetes. Um, you know, I personally, since I was little, I just do not tell people until they ask me. Uh, but it was not something that, because you don't want to be seen or be looked at as somebody that is sick or for you or you know you understand you know so to me it's important that understand that yes that might be something a question that is related to you but that answer is up to you to answer it like it's up to you to say yes if you have it um, you know, there are things there to protect you, always to protect you and to look out for your needs, um, for your diabetes management in the workplace. Um, but it's very important not to let it take over the whole mind and 
make you think that you're disabled because having that state of mind, um, and I say this as, as not a clinician, Mark, having that state of mind might lead you to believe that, yes, you're disabled and sets you into a path that everything is wrong and doom and gloom with diabetes management and everything is impossible. When into effect, that would lead you then to do have complications for diabetes, making a disability into effect. Um, yeah. So maneuvering that question and that answer, um, not letting it identify you, for me, is very important. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, and I think this is something that lots of people have dealt with. You know, you, you, you're trying to figure out, one, you know, if I start a new job or if, as I'm applying for a new job, do I tell them about diabetes? And then second of all, do I, how do I answer the question that's on that application? Is diabetes a disability? Or do I not answer the question at all? Because those questions are almost always optional. But let me answer that question for you with a question. When you hear the word disability, what are the first words that come to your mind? Somebody limited. Somebody um, that is not able to either, that has a limitation that comes to mind. Yeah. And what's the emotion that comes to your mind when you're asked, do you have a disability? Or, or, and you're interpreting that question is, is diabetes a disability? What sorts of emotions come to your mind when you hear that question? A fight response. Because a fi- a, I have a fight, a fight response? Okay. A fight response, why? <laughs> okay. No, um, not a fight response in that manner, but in my in my my set of mind, because um I have been said and it has been, you know, said to me since little in my brain and put on my brain since little that this was not going to be a limitation to me. Um, It puts me into a mind where I'm like, um, no, that is not true. I do not have that. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I think think as, as you're thinking about this, because the question in some ways is a straw man. It's, it's not, it's the, the question, whether you answer yes or no, in some ways is really irrelevant. Um, to you getting the job and what happens when you get the job. Because by the way, let's say that you ignore the question, don't answer it, or you say, no, I don't have a disability. And then you get a job and you have, and you need accommodations. You need to be able to take breaks and take treat low blood sugar. You need, you need to look at your phone during meetings. Those are all reasonable accommodations for someone with diabetes. There's that answering no or ignoring the question is not going to prevent you from being able to get reasonable accommodations for to be able to manage your diabetes well. And that's really the goal here. But I think the more more important thing for you is the reaction that you have to the question itself, not what the answer to the question is. And your question is, is is when I'm faced with this thing in my mind where people, you know, they, diabetes is defined as a disability. And then what does that mean? If I, if I have a, if I had diabetes and therefore I have a disability, what does that mean about me? And for you, you're, you you put up your your fist. That's a fighting response. No, I'm I'm good. I, I don't have a disability. I, I I'm not limited at all. And I want to explore that a little bit more with you because I think that thing, that mindset and that reaction um, is a really important thing to talk about. Um, so what what's your response and your reaction to what I just said? Well, um, I think yes, you're right. I mean, I have to deal with something that of acceptance. 
but it's not that I do not accept uh, diabetes um, overall or that I haven't like accepted. I do accept it, but I have this thing where, you know, if you grow up, you're little, since you're diagnosed when you're little, you're going to grow up with people often questioning your capabilities of doing things, mm-hmm. questioning your capabilities of, can I sleep over with a friend? Can I actually go into the camp that is from school that is three days and the mm-hmm. director of the school is not going to be like panicking because they might think something happens. Um, or, you know, so many things, or, you know, the lack of the parents that you might have or your siblings that they're caring constantly about you. Like, it, um, you know, it sets you into a mind where you might feel that you are incapable of doing things on your own. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so to me, yeah, it triggers me that um, response where I'm like, no, I'm able to. Um, I guess my response is against like society or the work industry. It's like, no, I'm okay. But, you know, as a smart diabetic and knowing that I do do recognize my limitations and how far I can do it, I also do know, you know, like what you said, you mentioned, you can request for those accommodations. Um, mm-hmm. In every employment I have had, uh, I didn't disclose I did have diabetes at the beginning. Um, I guess because I didn't find it necessary. Um, once at the point that I was higher, then I did disclose it if I needed to request for um, a break or anything like that. Yeah. And I think that where the trigger comes from for you is you've identified it well, is the question of, okay, I had diabetes. I accept that. But, and that's, that, that's a statement of fact. Like I have diabetes too. And there's no way that I can convince myself or somebody else that I don't. My pancreas doesn't work. Neither does yours. But the question is, is, okay, I had that. What is the meaning that I'm putting on that? And maybe more importantly here is what is the meaning that other people are putting on that? You know, on the on the fact that I have diabetes, Andrea had diabetes, and that means that she's incapable. This is from your maybe from your future employer, um, or or she has limits that may impact her ability to do the job. And we both know that's not true. Um, except I mean, it may, there may be a job where that's true, but in, my guess is the jobs that you're applying for, that's not true. But the fact that someone is trying to put meaning on top of what the fact that you have diabetes. That seems to be what's kind of the, the the main trigger here. You know what it means to have diabetes for yourself, and you know, and you you put that meaning on yourself in a very healthy way. But then the perception that somebody else may be putting meaning on that for you, um, my guess is if that that's what's bringing up the fighting, the fighting pause, and uh, I would have the same reaction. And so the question is, how do you deal with that? How how do you um, deal with the fact that someone else may put meaning on you? And also, how do you deal with the, how do you navigate the reality of diabetes in the, in the workplace? I talk to people with type 1 diabetes every day. And every day is clear to me that people at T1D need a plan. They need a plan to follow to manage the emotional burden of living with diabetes. Without a plan to manage the stress, life with diabetes is overwhelming. You feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose and you have no idea how to feel steady on your feet and find the peace of mind you're looking for. You feel like diabetes takes away your freedom to live a normal life. A plan to manage the emotional burden of T1D is very simple. There are five frameworks you need to know. 
And if you know these five frameworks, you have a plan for how to deal with any stress diabetes throws your way. With this plan, you'll be clear about what you're doing right now and what you need to do next. That's exactly what you get when you join Live Free with T1D. At Live Free with T1D, I coach you to manage the stress of type 1 diabetes like a sailboat. You are the captain. The hull of the boat is your diabetes knowledge and management. The sails are your mindset, the rudder is your behavior, and your crew is your support system. If you build the five parts of your sailboat correctly, you'll be sailing smoothly with type 1 diabetes. All of that is part of the plan that's available to you when you join Live Free with T1D. Plus, as part of Live Free with T1D, I host a live coaching event every month where you get access to me and have the opportunity to ask me questions and even get personalized coaching. To join Live Free with T1D, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. Join other people with type 1 diabetes just like you who have a plan to find peace of mind and freedom in their lives with type 1 diabetes. One thing I always say is you got to think about what you have control over in your life, what you have influence on in your life, and what you don't have control over in your life with diabetes and in general. And one thing that I know I don't have any control over, and I'm pretty sure you don't either, is what other people think. Um, maybe we have influence over that in the long term, but what people think about us or what people think in general in the short term, we have no control over. And I think that one of the things I would suggest is as as you get triggered about people may, maybe putting meaning on you if you decide to answer that question, yes or no, or however you answer it, um, is to recognize that you have control over how you answer the question. You have control over how you behave in the world and how you do the job when to get it but you have no control over what people are going to perceive about you. And so, um, but you do have control over how you answer the question. And so if answering the question may, may, may make somebody think about, say, make, may, makes, may make somebody think something about you that you don't want them thinking or are putting meaning on your, your condition that you don't want putting on, then maybe the best option is not answering the question. And then having a conversation where you can educate them in real life once you get the job about what diabetes is, how you take care of yourself, and how it's actually your biggest strength, as opposed to any kind of limitation or weakness. And that that, that approach and that mindset of recognizing the meaning that is there and why it bothers you so much, but also what you can do proactively to, to educate others, to bring them to a place where they can see and perceive you in the same way that you perceive yourself. Correct. Yes. And, you know, another thing that if you were, if I was dealing with, because this is like personal to me with what I was dealing with, but if I was dealing with a patient, if I was coaching a patient on this, I would remind them to you that um, the people that are, you know, wanting to know this is coming from a place of care. It's coming from a place of wanting to help. Uh, it's not wanting, it's not coming from a place of wanting to limit you. But in the contrary, not to, you know, over expose you into you having to have an emergency or pushing you to have an emergency. But uh, yes, it is, you know, it's coming from that. 
Um, but I think as a, I think as a resilient person that I am in that perspective, that's probably why it sets me up to that. But yes, it's, it's important to have it like understanding that people do need education on this. Many people don't have like the 28 years of experience or the 24 years or anything like that. And they're not very familiar with, um, you know, I have people that have stopped me on the street and they want to know what is the continuous glucose monitor I have on my arm. And, you know, in, it doesn't bother me to explain to them what it is. Um, because the more they know, the better, um, you know, um, like people that, sometimes believe, and this is actually in the healthcare as well, that have some nurses that might believe that the pump is actually, uh, in, you know, inserted into me completely um, and that they have to remove it by surgery. And you're like, what? No, that's okay. I can't unplug right now. I would just unplug right now. It's all good. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, you know, information that is not at the reach of many people because they are not dealing with that. Um, yeah. and, you know, having understanding of that, um, is important as well. And understanding yeah. that it, it's coming actually from a place of care. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. And I think that also having the insight as to what is causing your reaction is so important. We talked about, talk about mindset, we talk about the sales of the sailboat all the time and how it's important to change your mindset and, and to bring your mindset to a place where, it's going to be helpful for you. You can't control the emotion and thoughts that you have, but you can't control what you do with them. But also, I think a step above that is having insight as to why you are experiencing the reaction that you have. And that's a really important part of mindset is, yes, you can catch the, catch the thoughts and emotions, but if you have insight as to why you're having them, um, that's actually a step towards being able to influence them a little bit more than maybe you have already. I think you're doing a really great job at being, that, that awareness as to, you know, why things are triggering you because coming from a place of passion and a place of edu- wanting to educate and to care for people um, it, as opposed to thinking and, you know, having a perception that people are out to get me or they, they think that they, they want to find ways to find me to be weak or broken or all the things that kind of come to mind when we think about what it means to have a disability. I don't actually believe that's the case. Having a disability doesn't have to limit you at all in many ways, but there's that perception that if I say I have a disability, all of a sudden now there's this huge meaning on top of it. And that's what's making me so anxious, angry, and trying to um, put put it in a corner. But taking a approach of education as well as insight, uh, I think is really, really helpful for you and can be beneficial for you, but also for all the listeners out there. Um, because I know that I talk to people all, every day who, who tell me, you know, this is what someone thinks about me because I had diabetes and, and, and even more challenging. This is what I think about myself and um, that awareness of, you know, why am I thinking this way about myself? Is this really true? And be able to challenge those things and come to a place where your answer is realistic as opposed to um, emotional is such an important place to be. So I'm curious, Andrea, yeah. as you, yeah. as you move forward in your, in your job application process, how will you answer that question? Will you say yes? Will you say no? Or will you, um, ignore the question and skip it all together, which by the way, I believe you can do. I believe the question's off. Yes. Yes. You're going to skip it. I, you know, I personally have choose to skip it just because okay. I don't know. It, it, it's not, not that, that I would like to disclose it all at the beginning, but probably, you know, just not at the moment that I'm going through that process. 
uh, in an interview process, I don't want to have it on the back of my head that might be something that had affected either getting the job or not. Um, you know, so I'd rather not to be disclosed at the beginning and that's a personal thing, but I, I really think it's, it's, it's okay to disclose it. Um, yeah. you know, eventually we'll have to disclose this as diabetics. We have to disclose because we're going to need to have like that, um, 15 minute break to grab a snack or to have your insulin shot or change your site or anything like that. Um, you know, so it will be disclosed regardless. Well, it's important to remember that oftentimes those questions are, most times those questions are legal requirements as opposed to they really, they really want to know. They, they're required to ask the question by law. And depending on what state you live in, that really, it may change. But recognizing that, that difference is important as well. So, well, Andrea, thank you so much for that to conversation today. I think it was an awesome way to think about, think about your mindset, helping you to, you know, realize and get insight into why you're reacting the way that you do, but also giving the list of lots of tools and lots of things to think about about how they approach the same questions that they're going to be asked, um, both in interviews, um, when they start jobs, as well as in the application process around what it means about them to have diabetes and how they react and how they respond to those types of questions. So thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me. At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action you can use started today in your life with type 1 diabetes to reduce the emotional burden of the condition. And today, your plan of action is do a little journaling. Take out a pen and paper and write some thoughts about what you feel when you hear diabetes as a disability. Do you agree? Do you disagree? And no matter what you feel, what sorts of emotions come up for you? when you think about diabetes and disability and any limitations it might bring you. This exercise will help you to understand your perspective on this issue. No right or wrong here, but understand how you feel and then what you can do about it if it causes, a, if it does cause you an intense emotional reaction. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat so you can have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.